the last therapy podcast of the year with me Catherine Glynn. I'm the partner with the VAR officer and I'm part of the team who's responsible for the Erri Ambassador Programme. This Canada Erri was designed to train individuals in the tourism sector so they feel qualified to share information about the National Park and its special qualities with their guests or customers. However, since its launch two years ago, over 800 have now qualified from all different backgrounds. Some mountain leaders, tour guides, B&B owners and and enthusiastic individuals who care about protecting Erri for future generations. To celebrate the success of the programme and to thank each and every one of our ambassadors, we organised a week of events and invited the ambassadors along to take part, completely free of charge. Events varied from a talk by Naomi Jones on the exciting Ardidwys Cultural Heritage Project at Ereskorn, a wildlife walk and the tree planting day at Rhydlanfair Farm near Paddog, Betusacoid. This episode of the Eriri podcast will be split into two parts. In part one, I will be speaking to Caroline Keane, an exceptional Welsh learner and a gold ambassador who attended various events during the week. And in the second part, I will be speaking to Ben Porter, a wildlife photographer, naturalist and a researcher and a friend of the National Park and also a gold ambassador who led one of our wildlife walks during the week. And lastly, I'll be speaking to Alec, another ambassador who attended the tree planting events in Fidlanvair. Enjoy. Well, hello, Caroline, and Kroisakunes to the Erri podcast. Before we start, would you mind introducing yourself so the listeners get to um, know you a little better? Of course I can. Well, I was brought up um, in the village of East Peckham, which is near Tunbridge in Kent. So, Ethavechi Forth. I'm married with two teenage children, and six years ago, we decided to move as a family unit to the outskirts of Bala, uh, which is within the boundaries of Areli National Park. Uh, I have a keen interest in nature and photography. I play the oboe and piano. And since moving to Wales, uh, I've invested a lot of my time into learning the Welsh language because I see that as essential if I want to integrate into the local community. I currently work for the EARTH, the Outdoor Activity Centre, Glanthlin, which is on the shores of Lintegid. And I also own and run an Airbnb. And also a proud gold Erri ambassador. 
Yes. Who's very engaged in the Llysgenadurri programme. Um, can you tell us what attracted you to the course in the first place? Of course. Well, the course was launched in December 2020, just a few years after I moved into the National Park. When I arrived here, everything about the park was new and exciting. But in reality, I didn't really know very much about the park its incredible history, its biodiversity, the language or its culture. And during the first few months of COVID, I, I sadly lost my job because the gentleman for whom I'd been a private secretary for nearly 20 years, sadly died of COVID. And shortly after his death, during the first lockdown in early 2021, I became aware of the ambassador course I was already in the determined frame of mind not to waste my time during lockdown and was busy studying the Welsh language for four or five hours a day. Wow. <laughs> and when I saw that the course could be studied in Welsh, I decided to combine my Welsh learning with studying the ambassador course. Um, and it proved to be a fantastic opportunity to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, uh, to study something of interest to me whilst improving my Welsh at the same time. I was attracted to the Ambassador Scheme by your strap line, if you like, which says the Ariri Ambassador Scheme is a unique training opportunity to learn about what makes it really exceptional and to play a part in protecting the National Park for generations to come. Now, how many people are fortunate enough to have the opportunity to study an extensive course like that, free of charge, and to find out so much more about the area in which they live? Mm. And in the opening few units of the course, I quickly learned that in 2019, Aruli National Park was named the most beautiful national park in Europe, that this special area in North Wales, all 823 square miles of it, is regarded as a national treasure, that it's been designated as a national park because of its special qualities, such as its diverse and historical landscapes, its unique geology, diverse biodiversity, and so on. And it was that was quite enough to whet my appetite to go on, find out more, and complete the course to the gold level. Yeah, um, and we're very pleased that you've done that. Um, so, um, for someone who's never completed the course, can you describe uh -huh. your experience completing completing it? Right. Okay. What I particularly liked about the course was the extensive range of material. There are modules for everybody's taste, and you don't need to study all of them in order to achieve the gold badge. I really like the flexibility of the course because you can study the units in almost any order. And there's absolutely no time pressure to complete a particular unit or a set of units within a certain time frame. It can all be done at your own pace, from the comfort of your own home, um, even including the end of unit exams. Um, on completion of the course, I thought, of course, I felt a real sense of achievement, to be honest. I, I hadn't earned a certificate in something new for many years. Um, and I felt more connected with where I live and I've become more aware of the incredible and quite frankly commendable hard work that's going on in the park to protect it. Um, and not only did the course highlight what makes O'Leary, which is now my home, such an exceptional place, 
but it went beyond that in my experience. It, by highlighting the special qualities of the park, I was reminded that I shouldn't take it for granted. The course kind of it awake, reawakened my appreciation of where I live and reminded me that I have a personal responsibility to play into, in protecting the park for generations to come. And this desire doesn't only live in my own heart, but it now spills over in a desire to educate my B&B &B guests to be responsible whilst they're here. It's really important to me that my guests see that I take a, a personal pride in being an ambassador for the park. I display my badge in the window <laughs> of the B&B &B and the back of my car. And I've also printed bilingual copies of some of the ambassador course units and left them in the B&B &B room. And the feedback I get from guests is that they refer to that material um, during during their stay. Um, the course has just equipped me to provide my guests not just with a B&B &B room, but to go that extra mile and provide them with a, a personalised holiday experience, if you like, because I can now provide people with advice if they want to climb a wither. I feel qualified to provide them with advice about how they should prepare which would be the best routes for them to consider based on their experience or ability. Many aren't even aware there are different routes they can consider. We talk about what resources they should take to keep them safe, different ways in which they could travel there and where to park, because many of them are unaware of the prepayment car parking facilities which are available these days. Um, and I've also shared details of the With the Walks app with them, which is a simple, easy to use, GPS enabled app, which covers the six main paths to the summit. It tracks the climbers progress as they go and works offline. So they don't need an internet signal. And all this information is freely available in my B&B &B room. And my guests are just extremely um, grateful for it. Um, I've been able to take advised guests to go to places that are away from the hotspots, which to discourage them sometimes from climbing a really and go to places which are much closer to my home for instance a Rennig, which is a far lower footfall but the views from the summit are just as spectacular and some of my guests have even felt a sense of pride that they're doing their bit to help reduce the overcrowding on a really um i take every opportunity to remind my guests that um 58 percent of the residents of the area speak Welsh, but the Welsh language is very much alive. It's the native language of the British Isles and it's used. And if any of them are willing to, I will try and teach them a bit of Welsh, um, starting with something a little simpler to pronounce than the place names they come up <laughs> with when I ask them where they've been. <laughs> And just on that point, uh, I must yeah. take the opportunity to praise you for the for learning Welsh to such a high standard. Oh, do you have your dedication and drive are really to be admired. So well done. Oh, and you could you can easily do this podcast all in Welsh. <laughs> I, I know you're you're, you're well, really sure I'm not even going Welsh. Now you could, and we'll be asking you to do one, I'm sure, in future in Welsh for this <laughs> one's an English one. Um, but yeah, we will be coming back to you i'm sure in future <laughs> so um yeah it's it's lovely to hear that you've had such a positive experience caroline and, and yes. thank you you are truly a textbook ambassador for for the national park and we are really grateful for mm -hmm. for your efforts in completing the course and and for yeah sharing that knowledge with your family guests and friends yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really admirable. So thank you very much. Oh, it's an absolute for, pleasure. Um, thanks. So yeah, moving on to the week of uh -huh. events now. Yes. Um, yes. To celebrate the success of uh, Erri Ambassador. Which yes. events did you attend during the week? Um, right. Yeah. I attended four. Um, I attended the talk on other with cultural heritage at the Askern. Yep. I went on the wildlife walk with Ben Porter. Mm -hmm. I attended the Zoom meeting celebrating O'Reilly by Ellen Domas. And I went to the talk by the National Parks Access and Wellbeing Manager. Oh, yeah, Pete, Peter Rutherford. So would you um, mind telling us a little bit about some of them? Of course. OK, well, let's start with the Adudui's cultural heritage. Now, man has lived in North Wales for centuries, but there's so much we don't know about how and where he lived. Mm. And the, the Adudui region has a wealth of old buildings and ruins, many of which are extremely hard to identify because really they're little more than a few tumbled down walls, the likes of mm. uh, ignorant me. But nonetheless, experts have learned how to study and interpret them. And this fascinating talk just highlighted the fact that whilst a, there is a lot of historical information available, it can actually be incredibly hard to find. And to date, it's kind of all over the place and hasn't been collated in one place. And this project is trying to resolve this by creating a single resource which is going to be accessible to everybody. And we, it will include some videos of some of the buildings. And these videos will be available on a website for viewers to look around. And there'll be some text on it explaining the, about the lives of those who lived in them. And uh, it will be accessible to people who couldn't get to the remote sites themselves. And mm. uh, it was an absolutely fantastic talk, rather tag. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then the ne next one, was it the talk by Eileen? Yes, yeah. it was. Celebrating O'Reilly. Wow, that was amazing as well. This interesting seminar it gave the background behind the creation of the National Park and what its priorities are as an authority. Um, it highlighted that whilst the National Park has just recently celebrated 70 years since its mm -hmm. establishment, appreciation of the national beauty of the area and discussions for the need to create a national park actually went on long, long before 1951. I mean, many of us are completely unaware, I was one of those, the establishment of the park was actually some 300 years, I think she said, in the making mm. and involved a huge struggle and a tremendous commitment from many, many people. Um, she discussed, and I found this really interesting, how people's attitudes towards bleak and rugged landscapes significantly changed over time and how it, this really led to the creation of a national park because back in 1701 she said Ned Ward saw mountains just as bleak and dangerous places he quoting him the very rubbish and Noah's flood <laughs> I was thinking goodness me but by 1836 Thomas Roscoe was referring to them as places of sublime beauty and magnificence mm. worthy of protection and this is a view held by many of us today and has hence led to the creation of the park. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It was How brilliant talk. views have changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The research she put into that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's great. 
Um, and then the uh, access and wellbeing talk by Peter yeah. Rutherford. Yeah, again, another good talk. Because, um, of course, the ethos of the National Park includes providing opportunities for people of all abilities to enjoy the park. But nobody should be deprived of experiencing the special qualities of the park because of their physical or social barriers. And this seminar highlighted just how extensively the National Park is committed to providing access to breathtaking scenery in remote locations, pushchairs, wheelchairs, mobility scooters, and even the park's own uh, tramper, which is an <laughs> off-road uh, mobility scooter. And what struck me on this uh, talk was the sheer scale and the size and the cost of the commitment to providing these facilities and to ma maintaining the public rights of way. And there are some 1,497, I looked it up, miles, <laughs> just the public footpaths alone in the park in some incredibly ch challenging landscapes. And uh, the hard work that goes into maintaining them was quite astonishing. Hmm. Well, thank you for giving us a really great overview of the ones you attended. Uh, that mm -hmm. gave a really good idea of the variety yeah. of the topics as well yes. and all the things that make it already exceptional and special and unique, of course. Uh -huh. um, I had the question now, Caroline, right. which event did you enjoy the most and why? Right. I had to think about this um, because they were all extremely good. But for me personally, because of my love of nature and wildlife, I decided to go for the Wildlife Walk by Ben. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll give you several reasons for that. First, the, well, the weather. It was absolutely stunning, if you remember. Yeah. Glorious sunshine after heavy rain. Um, so the weather. Secondly, <laughs> the breathtaking location, Hualatek. Mm -hmm. uh, you can help me pronounce this. Was it Coid Ganshuit? That's right, yeah, Coid Ganshuit. Yeah. yeah, it's a Celtic rainforest, which is home to the spectacular Rither Falls. Now, Celtic rainforests, they provide a unique habitat for a wealth of biodiversity and are home to a variety of internationally important species of lichen, some of which I'd never seen before. In fact, I've never even visited the site before. It's right close to the main road between Dargethlae and Chorsfaneth. But the hidden beauty, the hidden gem of the waterfalls is only... 10 minute walk from the car park and I was overwhelmed you just wander in and it's just cross the road go through the stile and as soon as you wander in you're met by this amazing beauty um and uh just I just immersed in it and the location of the walk it highlighted so many of the special qualities of the park just within a few meters you, you're met by diverse landscapes you could see internationally important habitats and species you met tranquility and solitude there. You, you had an opportunity for your recreation and leisure. You were learning. That's what we precisely what mm -hmm. we were doing. And of course, the vibrancy of the Welsh language is going on because it was a, a course. And a, well, we, as we walked, it was um, through the language of Welsh that we were using. Um, we were really excited to see a small herd of deer, which I've never seen since moving to Wales. And for me personally, there are just endless opportunities to immerse myself in my love of photography. Um, you took some great pictures, actually. You took some really you. good pictures. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you can use those if you like on the, Thank on the site. You. And then thirdly, well, Ben's knowledge, of course, was another thing. It was exceptional in all areas, but 
I'll forever associate him with a deep, deep passion for liking. <laughs> um, fourthly, it was just the time to chill with other ambassadors. There was enough between between what Ben was saying and wandering. There was plenty of time to talk with each other and and, and also over the picnic lunch, um, which is really nice because I've never met many of these people before. And why else did I like it? Well, for me personally, again, because it was a Welsh language event, it was specifically pitched for learners and the content was ideal for me and gave me lots of opportunities to practice um, speaking Welsh. Yeah, um, I must admit that was one of my favourite events too. It was nice. just magical, wasn't it? It was, it was. Yeah, exactly what you've said. You've 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 described it perfectly. If you've never um, was, been there, go there. Honestly, yeah. it's a stunning location. Yeah, it was a very special day and one that I'll remember forever. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to the next question, right. but I'll ask it anyway. Okay. Would you encourage other people to take part in similar events? Um, in future. Absolutely. You know, having studied the entire course in lockdown, in isolation at home, looking back on it, it was actually quite a lonely experience because mm. I hadn't shared it with anybody. I hadn't connected with anybody else on the course. I'd just done it by myself at home. So these um, ambassador events bring ambassadors together. And when you're there, you start to realise, actually, you're not just a single individual who's studied a course and earned a certificate it's actually a lot more than that because you become a member of a community but to feel a part of that community you need to develop a relationship with the other members you need to meet with them you need to engage with them you need to get to know them and um, I would say people have studied the ambassador course for a wide range of reasons and from very diverse backgrounds and I met on these events some really interesting people several of whom I now consider my friends and whom I keep in touch with. And this is exactly why you should attend these events if you can. And uh, we should be getting to know each other. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this element was actually missing, wasn't it, from the course due to the pandemic and the fact that we weren't yeah. able to meet face yes. to face. But we, we're delighted now that we're able to do that. And, yes. and we're hoping to build on exactly what you said, that feeling of being part of the Eriri ambassador community. Yes. Now that we can meet people safely face to face once again. So um, mm -hmm. that's something that we yeah definitely want to develop more in future. Um, finally, now, how would you like the programme to develop in future? Well, working on what we've just been talking about, I think mm. we should start to provide a regular informal opportunity for ambassadors to meet together. Maybe it's just the first Monday of the month. Maybe it's an evening thing. For instance, I would recommend a relaxed evening at, at a pub where we could get together, catch up with the latest news. You know, maybe we should invite someone like, I don't know, Gwil and Bowen Reese in the background to some entertainment whilst we're chatting. Um, maybe encourage the ambassadors to help man the national park tent at the 2020 Nationalised Death Pod next year. Tice them with a reduced entry fee or whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. But just just to have us there, um, an opportunity to encourage others to um, take part in the course. And what about some of the ambassadors inviting the rest of us to come to their workplaces? We could come and see what you do, whether it's outdoor activities or it's a meal or whatever, and uh, 
then after that day, we could continue to support your business because we're aware of it. We can send others in the direction of your workplace to come and see what you do. Um, I don't know what resources the headquarters of the National Park has, but for me personally, I'd love an invitation just to come and look around the headquarters to see see what it's like, to learn more about who designed it, when it was built. That would be a personal interest to me. Uh, and I think it's really important that we are an outward looking community. Um, we should be hosting events for people who, who are considering the course but haven't yet committed themselves. Just give them a taster of what some of the material. Um, and if we can befriend them from the start and encourage them to take part, then they're going to feel a part of the community right at the start. They're already going to feel as if they belong to a community as they are studying the course rather than studying the course and then joining the community, which is what we've all had to do in lockdown. And some of them, if they knew of each other at, at the start, may wish privately to arrange to study the units together or mm. you know just over zoom meetings from their homes rather than studying them individually and maybe that would encourage them to complete the course because they've got others that are working alongside of them I mean I did it completely by myself but you don't actually looking back on it I don't actually need to do that but you need to be aware of others who are studying it at the same time as you if you are going to do it as a group yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's such a positive project, isn't it? And it's really been a uh -huh. pleasure to, to work on it. And I really enjoy chatting to you today and, and listening to your feedback. But yeah, we, we need to um, get some feedback feedback from, from others as well. I think we yeah. haven't started that process yet, but it's something that we're keen to do um as we as we move forward and as the project develops um mm -hmm. yeah and some fascinating ideas there too caroline thank you very much oh, which nice. i'll definitely pass to the team the yeah. um mm -hmm. i'm a minor yeah thank you very much for your time um, and yeah. i just take this opportunity just to, to thank everyone who works for and volunteers for the national park just for your hard work and your dedication because you're, you're you know you're striving to strike a balance between conservation and access and protecting the rural economy while seeking to provide just a world-class experience for visitors who come here and it is a world-class experience my guests and my B&B &B who come here just comment on it it really is commendable and uh, just keep going keep, keep at it your hard work even at times when it feels tough and you think what am I doing it is just fantastic so and thank you thank you for inviting me to uh, no. Clue, clue, thank you very much. Oh. Oh, yeah. Diolch to Caroline for chatting to us about her experiences. Join us again for part two where I'll be joined by more of our ambassadors.